In today's episode, we're talking about designing your customer experience in a new venue. From Engagement, I'm David Millay, and this is Flip the Switch. Today's episode is brought to you by Checked In, a new tool in your operations toolkit that helps you understand exactly who's working in your venue. It's one of the tech products the engagement team helped create during the pandemic, and with it, we set out to solve some of the key problems sports and entertainment operators face every day. The tool does a few things, from helping you gain more labor data to operate more efficiently and mitigate risk, and it also saves you time and headaches by automating the horrible check-in and credential approval process that has existed for so long. But my favorite part of Checked In, hands down, is that it's tied to a digital learning platform. Now, historically, training game day staff has taken place before the beginning of a season. But how do you train the workers that start mid-season or the workers that just come in to work the big games, the big events? Well, this tool solves that issue. With Checked In, you can create and push training to your teammates digitally And you can require employees to watch training videos before they're able to physically check in to work. Checked In has begun rolling out at some of the biggest stadiums in the country, and they're now opening up beta access on a limited basis. If you want to see how it works and get a demo, head to checkedin.app. That's C-H-E-C-K-D-I-N dot app. We'll make it easy and link to it in the show notes. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Flip the Switch, where we sit down with leaders in customer experience and employee experience to find out what trends that they're paying attention to, uh, what experiments they're running in their organizations, what are the principles that they've learned over the course of their career, and then we try to take all those insights and apply them to the world of sports and entertainment. Now, our guest today is Cameron Durham. Cameron is currently the Vice President of Guest Experience at SoFi Stadium and Hollywood Park, the brand new $5 billion, almost 300-acre venue where the Rams and the Chargers play. But not only that, it's where there are residences and businesses because it is a multi-use complex. It's not just for NFL games. Now, Cameron oversees, obviously, the guest experience for that entire footprint, not just the stadium. So we really get a mix of viewpoints and things that he's working on from a, a work, live, play perspective. It's not just typically the entertainment or play that sometimes we hear from our guests who are leaders in sports and entertainment. A little bit of background on Cameron. Uh, prior to this role, As vice president of guest experience at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park, he was the director of guest services for the Mariners. And for a long time, almost 15 years, a little more than 15 years, he was the director of guest service from the for the San Diego Padres. Now, we talk a little bit about the difference between guest service and guest experience, but obviously opening them up SoFi in 2020 was a little bit weird because as the vice president of guest experience, there weren't a lot of guests in the venue. Uh, So the approach that Cameron had to take and his team had to take towards their jobs changed a little bit, but it doesn't really change from something that we talk about a lot, which is that when you think of customer experience or customer service in your organization, don't limit it to 
the people that are paying to keep your business afloat. Think of it as stakeholder service. And that's how Cameron and his team approached their role, is that in lieu of guests coming into the venue, they focused on the other people that they have to serve 24-7, which are the employees and the players. And it gave them an opportunity to change their mindset and change their approach from constantly thinking about the customer's always right and we got to do this for the customer to starting with what they should start with, which is the employee experience. And what is the experience that we're providing for the people that we're expecting to go out and deliver magical moments for the people that pay us money? So uh, there are a lot of things that we talk about in this episode about how they moved that mindset from guest focus to customer, or from uh, guest and customer focus to employee focus. Uh, but there are some things to, to watch out for, and I'll tell you just based on our on our uh, experience, if you will. Uh, we, we tried this a, a couple of years ago with a client where we experimented taking the traditional customer journey map that's used in web and design and digital, and we applied that not just to how they go through the venue, but we applied that, that customer journey map concept to the employee journey map. Uh, and what I will tell you is by doing that, we made some missteps because we almost looked at it as a linear process. And the employee journey is not a linear process. You really have to think of it instead almost as buckets. And then within each one of those buckets, trying to identify what are the peaks, the high points, the things that you're already doing really well, and, and what are the valleys, the things that are causing a lot of angst within those employees. And take it one step at a time, right? So one bucket might be uh, training or, or onboarding, maybe that first 60 days. Another bucket might be how do we recognize them? Uh, another bucket might be how do we communicate with them? Uh, another bucket might be uh, the physical environment that they that they work in. So there's lots of different things, but what I would encourage you to do, and, and Cameron's going to talk about this at length, is really taking it one step at a time uh, and and making those improvements where you can. So uh, without further ado, I, I'm kind of rambling now at this point. Let's let, let's let Cameron go. He's got a lot more to say on this than I do. Uh, so without further ado, everybody, uh, I'm really excited to welcome Cameron Durham, the Vice President of Guest Experience at SoFi Stadium in Hollywood Park. Excited to welcome him to the show. Let's get into it. All right, Cameron, welcome to the show, my man. Well, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, all right, let's start us off. Uh, let's think about some, because you've had some different roles in your past, mm -hmm. uh, all kind of relating to serving customers, serving fans. But this is a concept that we talk a lot about on the show of kind of the difference between guest service versus guest experience. And right now you're in a role where you really focus on the bigger guest experience. Talk to us about how you see those two things, guest service and guest experience playing into each other. What's the difference between the two? Why don't we start there? I think uh, the way I probably look at guest experience and guest service is kind of the evolution of of those terms over the, my career. I mean, when I first started uh, many years ago, you know, there was, there were, everybody was called guest service. And guest service to me seemed more of a transactional responsibility where it was like, I have a problem. Um, I'm supposed to provide a solution, and that's the way we serve the guests. We meet their need at that time. I think the, the, the things have changed now is that when you look at it from a guest experience standpoint, guest experience is now about immersing the guest in the overall entertainment experience. So now we're no longer being transactional. We're no longer being reactive. We're now being proactive now. We're now we are thinking a little bit more strategic about 
how does the guest experience or consume the the product or the the visit to your venue or to your 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 arena or whatever facility you may have so we're thinking not only about just what's happening at the building we're thinking about from the time they start to think about coming to your facility how is their experience impacted that experience is starting with the website starting with how they uh, interact with the folks who are maybe they're calling on the phone if they're doing tickets by phone or how does that website help them to be able to do the purchasing of the tickets the know before you go um videos and things setting the expectation so people are educated and then matching all that from the time they leave their door they hit your to to the time that they get back to their door making sure that that everything meets those expectations your parking services are, are they seamless uh, is there you know now we have the ability to be able to purchase parking online ahead of time so make it easy for people uh, ticketing everything's mobile a lot of times uh, you know what are things can you upgrade or other things can you experience to make sure people can have that insider experience especially particularly if they are a premium ticket holder or a vip or just to have a vip experience what things can you provide for them that makes them feel like they're a, a, a more of an insider in the experience so i would say in a nutshell um it's no longer transactional it's now about making sure to immerse the guests in the experience and make them feel as if they are a part or they are really are a part of the entertainment experience. Two, two great things I think we can dive in on from what you just said. And I, I completely agree with you. I, I think it's gone from reactive to proactive on our side of reacting to a guest problem as service. How do we serve them versus the experience, which is much more proactive. We're planning ahead of time. We're looking at that holistic journey. We're finding the peaks and valleys, and we're trying to figure out how to make improvements. Um, Two things I want to dive into is one, and maybe we'll start here. Previously, in in some of your previous roles, you were in guest service. Now you're guest experience, right? Mm -hmm. How did you change your mindset from going from reactive and and to proactive? And maybe not mindset, but almost skill set, right? Because I think it is a different skill set. So how, how did you evolve your skill set over time to go from being focused on more of that service side of things to the bigger holistic experience? Experience is the best teacher. I think that's that's probably what I would utilize as my uh, that's taught me the most about how I've gone about changing my philosophy and some of the roles that I've gotten into, you know, going from, you know, being a, a manager at one point of event services when I was with the Mariners many years ago, my responsibility was just, you know, oversee the event staff, make sure they have a good experience. And then uh, getting promoted to a director of guest services, it now became not only about the event staff, it now became about uh, focusing on the guest. And um, and that evolved over into my experience in San Diego. And now as I look at um, uh, what I'm doing here in, in Los Angeles with SoFi Stadium and Hollywood Park, I'm not only looking at the guest, I'm looking at um, the employees, I'm looking at sponsors, I'm looking at anyone who comes in our venue. Uh, or it comes on the 298 acres now. How has all of their experience in, impacted? And so um, it's it's definitely maybe had to give a broader scale or a broader look at everything. Were there any particular moments mm-hmm. in your previous roles where you thought we really should be being more proactive, or we really should be thinking about this more holistically than we currently are? Were there any moments that were kind of like light bulb triggers for you that said we need to be focused more on holistic experience? Yeah, it, it really, I think it really the shift for me. A, a lot of it came when we moved to, when when I made the transition to San Diego uh, from Seattle. 
not that uh, the Mariners were already a progressive organization in many cases, but as the, the Padres were looking to rebrand themselves and um, under the leadership of Dick Freeman and Richard Anderson, who were my, who were my bosses there, um, they were looking to, to uh, reintroduce, uh, re-energize baseball in San Diego. And we had this new building. We had all these, these wonderful things that were going on around it. But there was something missing about, you know, we wanted to make sure we had a different service approach. And so we really looked at how we could uh, approach that by starting with the team, with the guests, with the team members, I should say, with the team members, I should say, and really investing in them a new way of training. And so we looked at how can we develop an adult interactive training experience that was holistic, that they could see the training module, how we hired our folks to match that training module or expectations for the training module. And then how do we continue to make sure we catch people doing things well? And we figured if we can put all that investment into the into the team members, um, that will reflect back to the guest experience. And so we were trying to be, let's see, let's instill those proactive skills in our in our in our employees. And now let's see how that translates to great guest service. Instead of being the other way around, where it was like, okay, we got to do everything we can to meet the guest expectation. Let's focus on really uh, um, empowering and, and and giving as much information and, and 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 tools to our resources to our our staff, so that they can utilize their unique skills and personality to put their own personal feel to how we provide service. And it worked out really well. So, yeah, I think that's a huge shift. And and we had uh, we had Lee Cockrell on as one of our last episodes. Do you know Do you know Lee from Disney? He's, uh, he's like a Disney legend. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, we we talked a lot about kind of the Disney's chain of excellence or what he calls formula for success, which ultimately is you focus on on developing first and foremost great leaders mm-hmm. who then can create an experience for their employees that they understand the holistic journey, they understand their role in the show. They feel empowered to go do things and they'll then go create great memories for the guests, which then bring business results, which is kind of brand loyalty, intent to return, intent to recommend. And so that's what kind of resonates with me with what you just said is you shifted the focus from completely focusing on how do we serve the guests? How do we serve the guests? How do we serve the guests to first ingraining the employees and saying, let's look at the holistic employee experience and how do they understand? And then we'll let them go make magic and all those different touch points. Is that, that's kind of how you, how you did it? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Let's, let's invest, let's invest in, let's hire one, those intangibles that you, 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 you can't train, you know, you have to smile, the pleasant personality. Let's hire those, those, those intangibles. Let's train them to do with the skills and, and resources they need to be able to do the job and then allow them to uh, give them the parameters they need and then allow them to go out and make the magic. And that, that is a little bit of a Disneyist uh, approach of, you know, okay, let's let you be you, you know? And so it was great to be able to have our staff, you know, we had staff who were, were singing, we had staff who would give high fives. They did things differently and it definitely brought a different approach. I remember we had one, we have one uh, individual who was in San Diego. Uh, he used to give jumping jacks and, and do other stuff with the kids out in the park. And it's just because, and he was giving out baseball cards, and that was his unique way of providing service, and it it, it made a difference. And that was a way of now, as we talked about earlier, it was no longer service; it was now about an experience. Because people would have their kids go out and buy tickets to the park at the park at the time to go see this particular employee because they wanted to be a part of that experience. 
It's one of those things, and it doesn't cost a lot to do that, right? But it does take a lot of intentionality to try to find the right people that are doing that. Okay, so none of this stuff is in our Google Doc of like mm-hmm. topics covered, but mm-hmm. I, I want to go a little deeper here. Yeah. So we're we're working with an MLS team right now that's trying to open their new stadium, mm-hmm. and authenticity of the people that are working there, or mm-hmm. uh, I guess uniqueness is something that culturally they've really kind of strived for and, and they're doing all their guest services team in house. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we were trying to do is how do you find people frontline people that are like the guy that you just explained, the guy that's doing jumping jacks, the guy that people come back to the stadium when you're in the recruiting process, how do you find people like that? I, I'm curious your take. For me, I, I, it's, 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 it's something about the, the light that comes on when you talk with them. Um, when you sit down with them first, I think the first thing you have to do is you got to find out, okay, what are you looking for? What are your principles? What are your commitments? What are your, um, non-negotiables when it comes to providing service? You, you come up with those principles and then you trigger the, you trigger your questions or craft your questions to be able to see if you can match people that resonate what you're looking for as far as those non-negotiables. And then you hire those folks. Uh, because those are the ones you're looking for. And then you can train them from there because it's just, it's just matching them up. And then, you know, fortunately, sometimes it works out really well. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, and there's an opportunity where you, this is where I think is the, the best part about it. And I love about what I do is that I love people and you have the opportunity at this point to not throw them out or just say they're not matching. This is where you coach them up. And, and this is where you take the opportunity to, to spend time with them because Yes, when someone has a new job, of course, they're excited. They're going to keep doing it. But how do you keep them doing it four years, three years, you know, 10 years down the line? Well, that is about management. That's about culture. That's about the organization. And um, I've always believed as, as, a, as a leader, treat people with respect and courtesy. I always believe uh, a lot of people to do their job. Uh, if, you, if they're hired to do a job, let them do their job. Uh, you know, catch people doing things correctly. You know, praise them uh, for for the positive things that they do. Um, you know, celebrate the milestones. Uh, even if it's a hey, you made thirty days and you you, you know you're able to do this. Hey, make it a big deal. Uh, you know, do what you can to let people know that you truly care about them. And you said you use the word authenticity, uh, David. That's that's exactly it. You, you people people can smell phony. I mean, especially in this day and age, they can kind of see when you're just trying to trying to pacify them. What's be authentic. It's nothing wrong with being transparent with your employees and being transparent with the guests that you're dealing with uh, and, and, and building those relationships. That's what builds relationships is being able to be authentic and be yourself and be able to provide uh, uh, them with, uh, with legitimate uh, responses. And I found that when you're authentic, you build now relationships. And that's what makes the difference because if you can build a relationship with an employee or with a guest, hey, you may, you're going to have a misstep over the course of the year, but they're going to give you a benefit of the doubt because you now have a relationship because you've now been authentic with them and they've seen the good and the bad on both sides. Yeah, it, I think it's interesting how much authenticity has, especially like in the last five years and uh, really over the pandemic, double it's doubled down. I feel like the importance of bringing that into your role mm-hmm. where I feel like, you know, just I'll, I'll be transparent for me, like coming out of my background, working at Disney, even as even though it's seen as like, you know, the happiest place in the world, world like, right, we we it was very professional in terms of like the way that we had to work with people. Mm-hmm. 
And, and because of that, because I was always the youngest guy in the room too, I felt like I always had a facade that I had to put on. I had mm-hmm. to be, I had to be smarter than I was. I had to have all the answers. And especially cause we were getting brought in to help teams with guest service and, mm-hmm. and things like that. Felt like I had to have all the answers. Whereas now I'm in a much more comfortable position where I'm like, I can just be authentic and I can be the guy that's curious and I can yeah. ask the questions I don't know. And when I don't know something, I can say, I don't know that you let's, let's explore it together. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think to your point, people resonate with authenticity a lot more today, especially the teams that you lead as a manager. That, that definitely something that's one I, I learned a lot when I was in, uh, in San Diego. Um, we tried to, to, uh, sugarcoat a lot of things with our, our staff and, um, they really, at one point are, are, and it was our, it was our supervisor group that really just kind of were saying, you know, we opened up the feedback and when you open up for feedback, expect you're going to hear some things that you may not necessarily like. They make you uncomfortable. Let's put it that way, but it helps you to grow. And one of the things they said to us was that you don't have to sugarcoat us. We're adults. Treat us like adults. Don't, don't pacify us with, you know, you know, pie in the sky language. Like you said, if you don't know, you don't know. If you're not sure, you're not sure. We, we, we prefer a, an authentic response rather than telling us something that probably may not happen. And I, and I, and I had appreciated that they said that. And that kind of changed my, my approach as long as well as my, the folks that I worked with at the time, we all kind of took the time to really, whenever we had something come up, it now became a situation where the, the team would get together and we sit down in the room and we would talk strategically about, okay, if we're going to message this, you know, how do we meet the messages in a way that's being authentic and, and, and being truthful and, and opens up the opportunity for conversation so that we can be able to now hopefully adjust what's needed to be able to meet the, the expectations of everyone. And it took some time. Sometimes it was, it was some, it was some, uh, some tough conversations we had to have. But at the end of the day, I think it galvanized the team and it made them better uh, because we were authentic and because we were willing to to just talk straight with them. And, and, and that's kind of something I've adopted from that time in San Diego. I keep moving forward with It's just, hey, just be authentic. That's all you can be. Be you. That's why I tell my staff. Just be you. <laughs> it's it's the truth. It helps more than people can imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, let, let's transition a little bit. Let's start. I want to dive into SoFi mm-hmm. uh, Stadium and what you guys have been able to do there. It's an incredible facility. Uh, I've not seen it in person, just online diving into it. I'm excited to be able to go see it in person, maybe for Super Bowl next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but talk to us a little bit about what it was like to bring this $5 billion project to life with no one in the building because you guys opened up for the first time, right. not to the fanfare that you expected. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about a little bit what that was like and, and how you guys approached it. I, 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 I look at all facilities. I always call them sleeping giants uh, because I like the way that they, they just sit on the, the landscape very quietly. And then, you know, they come to life when people come in and you, then they, they, they go to the big roar and, 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 and noise that comes out of it and the, the festivities. And then they just go right back to sleep once the event is over with. Um, it was with, 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 with SoFi, this is a, this is amazing. Um, you've got 298 acres. I should say, let me put it in Hollywood park. That's the entire campus in Inglewood, 298 acres that Mr. Stan Crockey is going as is redeveloping, um, 
to have not only the stadium, the stadium's just a centerpiece of one part of it. There's a 6,000 seat performance venue that's coming online. There's uh, NFL Network is going to be uh, relocating their uh, their uh, their studios here, uh, as well as we have a big, a massive building that's going to be a part of that. The NFL's uh, partnering with for their West Coast operations. Uh, we have retail spaces. Uh, we've got uh, uh, apartments, and so there'll be kind of that live, work, and play uh, concept that comes here. There is so much that's going on on this campus, and you know that I was fortunate, thanks to um, the leadership of uh, our, our team here to come on two years before we open. And that, that was key uh, because that allowed me to be able to, to, to learn a lot about the building, you know, start to develop concepts and ideas of what we could do because we knew we had a unique uh, experience here. We only got to be able to do it once. Um, unfortunately, you know, pandemic hit, uh, that changed things, uh, but it, it, it changed things in some ways, but it still required us to still be able to produce football. And we were concerned for a little while. We weren't sure whether football was going to happen, uh, you know, and, and, and there was some, there was a little bit of hiccups. At the end, but I'm fortunate to say that we got through the season. The things that I would say that we, we learned from that uh, was, it was that, you know, there's you can pivot. You can pivot a lot of what you do based on what's happening. And so for us, for example, we opened the building. We focused on two things. We really started to become less focused on the guest experience. And now we became focused on the player experience or the team experience and the employee experience, because those are the folks that were coming to the building on a regular basis. We have every, every game, there was either the chargers or the Rams who were the home team. And then you had obviously the visiting team. So our event services team and, and, and uh, who I oversee uh, worked very closely with the teams to make sure that we ensured that they had met all of the expectations that were needed for the teams, as far as getting their buses in, making sure the locker rooms were taken care of, the field was ready, all the things that need to be done there. And then we also had to work with the rest of the operation team that uh, my counterparts are from housekeeping, campus, security, transportation, engineering, obviously to make sure the building is ready. Our focus from a guest experience standpoint became now, again, going down from no longer looking at, okay, we're not gonna have guests in the building. Okay, we've got maybe a, a handful of media, uh, but now we've got two to 300 employees. They're gonna show up on a regular basis here. How's their experience gonna be? So it's, you know, we gotta train them. You know, make sure they have a great training. So we had to come up with some creative ways of being virtual in our training uh, so they could be able to have they could be empowered with enough to know how to get people around the building and, and changing nature of how we're bringing people in the building based on, you know, was the NFL right criteria. We didn't have to focus on uh, not only training them, but then when they get here, making sure that they're safe. So, you know, making sure that we had proper PPE, making sure that they had all the distancing that need to be signage and everything that they could be able to be in place, get them dressed in their uniforms, get them ready. Uh, so they look good. You know, even though the public's not here, they still got to look like we have a uniform. We want to make our, our building look great. A and uh, we did all those things. Uh, and then we also did a lot of things to rewards and recognition to really motivate it. We had roughly about two, 300 employees that showed up on a regular basis each week for 20 weeks for football. Uh, and uh, it became a little bit, it became interesting to, to be able to work with them. And that helped start to build, I hope to, to build some of those relationships we talked about earlier. I hope those relationships that we started in that time frame will carry over when we actually really do bring people in the building next fall. Beautiful. Uh, I, I want to dive deeper into this because mm -hmm. I, one, I love that your leadership team empowered you to not just focus on the guest experience at the point in which you had no guests. They said, let's focus and treat 
our players and our employees as guests, and they're just the new people that we're serving. Mm-hmm. Um, but but from experience, right, that does change a little bit. I, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy to journey map the. It's not easy to journey map the customer experience, mm-hmm. but. I guess there's a little bit more resources out there for you as somebody, if you've never done it before, mm-hmm. how to journey map that customer experience. It's a little bit more what you're comfortable with. How did you change your strategies in focusing and identifying what you needed to be focused on for the employee experience? Like specifically, what was the strategy that you took to say, we got to build up this employee experience. Here's how we identify what we need to be working on. Um, our focus was one on, okay, one, we need to empower them with the uh, knowledge and tools to be able to do their job. Nothing more. Okay, so you start. You started there with knowledge and yeah, tools, to so that job. they can be insightful. Okay. Yeah. It, nothing more frustrating in a job to be given a job and I have no idea what I'm doing. So that was that was one. Uh, we also want to uh, make sure that we um, uh, gave them the the understanding of what what are our expectations. What what does Hollywood Park. What is our service commitment? What are our, our, our what's our purpose statement? What's our our promise? What are the commitments that we stand for? We want to make sure they understood all those things and how they relate to their job. Then we also want to look at okay, what's their experience? And the, it, you use the word you use the word journey mapping. Exactly what it was. It's like walk in their shoes. Decision points. Where do we need to make decisions? Where do we need to keep key things in place so they can be able to have a great experience? You know, one of the things that we ended up doing was, you know, we were in a situation where, with the uh, with COVID, we 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 had to figure out how we're going to feed all these folks. They're here for eight hours, and well, some a little how'd, longer. How'd you do it? So what we ended up doing is we ended up partnering with with legends and the teams, and the teams were kind enough. To, uh, to work with us to be able to develop a, a meal program where we were able to have uh, a, a free meal for every employee that came in the building, regardless of who was a part of our building, parking, uh, law enforcement, everyone had an opportunity to be able to get a, a box lunch. At one point, we were able to get down to concessions for a little bit and actually have them an opportunity to test out the concessions so they could talk about concessions. When we do have guests come in the building, uh, then we went back to, unfortunately, because of the uh, restrictions, had to go back to box lunches. But that was a great example of, okay, we're going to make sure people, we're not going to let them fend for themselves. And then, you know, that could kill morale, obviously, not getting something to eat. We're going to make sure they don't have to look for it. So we have, we had designated locations, time for them to set up. We flex the, flex the uh, locations and the, and the, uh, the timing to make sure they have what they needed. And then we found ways to, to uh, encourage the staff by partnering with the teams. And the teams are great. They were very generous, Charters and the Rams. I mean, probably two of the most generous uh, franchises I can think of as far as and it really gets it about taking care of employees. They partner with us to come with some great incentive programs, game balls, uh, merchandise, the little things that we could do that didn't cost a lot. It really didn't cost much of anything, but had a high perceived value. And, and was and that's what we ended up using to really recognize our staff. Did you, so, okay, first things you guys did was equip them with knowledge, train mm-hmm. them. Before anything else, mm-hmm. we got to get make sure that they can do their jobs. Mm-hmm. Then did you did you do these simultaneously or did you do do one at a time? It sounded like then you went and said, okay, what are the pain points? What are the things that are going to get them hung up? Food is one of those things. Mm -hmm. We got to create a solve for that. And then you said incentives and recognition, which for me is more of like a carrot Mm -hmm. or or a peak. How do we create a peak moment versus how do we solve for a valley moment? Did you tackle those at the same time or was it like one at a time? We got to fix the bad before we try to make it really good. Uh, excuse me. I wish I could say we we were we were we were 
we were smart enough to say we did all strategically one at a time. Some of it was just, it was coming at you so fast. You had to make some decisions. I would say yep. we started out, the training was the first thing we had. That was, that was first. Then came the, the, the lunches and all the other things that came operationally. That became the next thing we did. And then we started to say, okay, now let's talk about incentives and, and making sure we did that. So I would say those are probably the three steps we went into. Got it. Got it. And now, did you have all of this mapped? This is probably, I think mm -hmm. I know the answer to this, but did you have all of this mapped out on like a big whiteboard ahead of time? And you're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to take it. Or was it just like fast and furious tackle it as it comes? Uh, and you got a basic idea of where you wanted to end up. And I would say, I, I, I would say probably more the latter. I mean, I, I know, I know where we want to be. Um, I, I'm fortunate that I, myself, as well as the team that I work with are experienced. Uh, we have a, a, a vast amount of experience, both from NFL, MLB, other places involved where we've been in big staffs. So it's been able for us to be able to all kind of put our heads together and say, okay, what do we need to do? We know what we want. You know, again, let's go back to our, our purpose, promise, and commitments that we have. This is what we're looking to do. This is what we envision ourselves as being, you know, at the, at the, the forefront of customer service and guest experience. Um, you know, my goal ultimately is to, you know, when they look back at, at SoFi Stadium, it becomes kind of that chapter turning that pivot point when it comes to guest experience that they'll be like, everything was like this. And then SoFi Stadium opened. And now we changed the, the way we do guest experience. That's my goal. Uh, and I know it's, a, it's an ambitious goal, but that's what I want to do. I want to want to change the narrative and make it make experience different here. It's such a good aspirational goal and like a good lens to think about it. Um, how how are you? And maybe from a leadership perspective, like how are you measuring whether you're achieving that? Uh, are there specific? Obviously, it's a hard year. Season one A, let's yeah. call it, versus season one B next year, where you didn't really have any fans in the building. But how specifically are you measuring success with numbers? Um, our biggest thing right now has been our biggest thing during the season was was management by walking around. It was old school. Just hey, let's walk the building. Let's build again, building those relationships. Let's talk with employees. What are they seeing? What are we not? What are we doing? What are we? How? Where can we improve things? The same so with, event, events, events going on. You're not sitting up in a suite. You're walking around, oh, talking yeah. to all the. Yeah, yeah. We're all we're walking the building. We're we're you know we make conscious effort to keep moving around, walking, asking questions. Uh, we had a weekly uh, feedback sheet that came from not only the the employees but also from the teams that allowed us to be able to kind of tackle what things were were not going well operationally or what things were going well from a service standpoint. Those became kind well, of our checklists. What was on that feedback sheet? How was it constructed? I'm gonna, um, I'm, we're going to start to get into yeah. tools and, and tactics here. I, like I will it. tell you, it's not high tech. It was just, it was a Google sheet. You know, here's just, here's here's your information. Here's the person that assigned. Here's the information. Here's what our response were. Here we did we complete? Did we not complete it? You know, we had weekly meetings that we'd have with our management teams. Uh, we go over things. We started with our senior leadership uh, operational team. We went over our list, and then in our group. From a guest experience standpoint, we, we we go down to our our supervisors and event day leaders. We call it a weekly huddle where we get together and we go over our hot topics. We talk about the event that was happening for the day or that's going to happen that weekend, as well as any topics that need to be addressed. If it was something that came up during the course of an event, we didn't wait. It was being proactive and let's 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 get right on it. Let's not wait till Monday and say, okay, yeah, we'll deal with it next week. No, we what's it's just as serious. If it was a, if a guest was in the building. We do it the same way. Let's treat it that way. Get that. Don't get complacent. This is one of the biggest things that we always, you know, we talk about uh, in, in, our, in our 
are building here. It's complacency is what is going to kill us if we don't if if we don't address it. We have to make sure we stay on top of it. Treat everything as if it's in real time, as if a guest is in the building. Do everything like you would do it if you were a guest here. That is what you know helps to kind of keep us moving, and uh, it helps to start to build that culture of okay, let's address things quickly. Um, those are the, the, I think those are the things that we try to look at the most, which is really, you know, looking at from that standpoint, we didn't have a lot of surveys or anything of that nature because most of that stuff was focused more on the guest side of things. So a lot of this now became, again, going back to relationships and building that transparency, you know, let's, let's talk about this. Let's figure out we're in this together. And, and, and if we can figure out how we can work together to build a better product, when we do open, now we can go ahead and utilize those kind of those matrices and graphics that we're going to end up using in 2021. Interesting. Uh, and, and let me ask one more question. Are, are the staff that you guys have uh, working at the stadium and in the complex, are those all in-house? Is that is that an in-house guest services team or is that a third party that you guys work with? Uh, how's that set up? Right now we have a, we have we have we have about 20 employees that are 20 part-time employees that are event staff employees. They're area managers and support staff that are part of our um, our team. The majority of our staff right now is third party. Um, we anticipate that we'll increase that number quite a bit. We're actually in the process right now, getting ready to get ready to do hiring and 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 and, and uh, recruiting in the next couple of months. So we'll see those numbers increase quite a bit, um, and that will allow us to be able to kind of penetrate and push things out more throughout the the campus. Um, but our approach has always been, even if we have a third party, we treat them like they are our family. Yeah. They're, they're it seems no like it from the way we're yeah. talking about it. Yeah. yeah. They're our family. We, 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 we've already told the management team from day one, um, myself and our director of uh, guest experience toilet this uh, her and I sat down with their leadership team and we told them from day one, you're a part of our family and, uh, we're not going to talk bad about you guys in front of anybody else. If we have an issue, we're going to talk between us and we're going to, we're going to work, work it out. And we were going to respect, we, we expect you to do the same with us. We're going to build this partnership and good, bad, ugly are indifferent. We're in this together. And, uh, and we've, we've matched those words with our actions. And I think it's built a really good relationship. Uh, and so far the first year we've done great. So tell, tell me a little bit about some of those actions that around, especially around, I think, incentives mm -hmm. and recognition that, that becomes a really easy way. Not easy. It's not easy, but it becomes a an obvious way to make them feel like family. Um, you know, I, we, we were talking to an organization the other day and, and we found out there was a, a guy working in the concession stand that had been working there for 15 years mm -hmm. and nobody, nobody from the, the property, nobody from the team knew that because it was a third party. Mm -hmm. And it's like that person at that point is loyal to the stadium, to the team, mm -hmm. not necessarily to that third party more or less. So, um, I guess, tell us a little bit about how you've made them feel like family. What strategies or tactics have you used to bring them in? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously the incentives and, and recognition, but I'll, I'll leave it open-ended for you. Uh, this philosophy came from something that I learned back in my early career in, in, in Seattle, and I've carried it from Seattle to San Diego to Los Angeles. If you're going to do it for one, you do it for all. That's always been the philosophy. If there's no such thing as, okay, there's the team employees and they get this, but everybody else doesn't get it. That that creates division immediately. 
and so the philosophy was always when we did something in Seattle was that, you know, we have giveaways, we had things that we were doing. We did it for all the employees and we carried that into San Diego. We carried that over into, and now we're doing that here at, in Los Angeles. So if we have a giveaway uh, and we can, we make sure we give it to all of our our staff. It's amazing some of the things we do that that make a difference. We had this year, we we had ordered these uh, these pins. They were inaugural team member pins. Uh, we they're limited edition pins. They, we do have them, uh, and uh, we had this idea that we we're going to have thousands of employees that were going to use them. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't. We were able to give all those out just yet. <laughs> so, but we made sure that you know those who are here should have them, and they should be given to them first because they are part of our uh, our team, our family. And so we made sure that, you know, each one of the the, the teams that work with us uh, from our housekeeping, our, our food and beverage and retail, um, engineering, parking, every one of them got the inaugural staff pin. Uh, and we, we made sure that, that we made a big deal with their management team to say, hey, you gotta really bring it up. Make sure, hey, this is a unique pin. We will, we will use the rest of those pins when we reopen. So we'll make it kind of our second year We'll use the rest of them because we want to make sure we get our money's worth of them. But the key is that you got this. You were the first. You're part of this team. And we're going to do some other things, you know, uh, you know, budget related that I'm hoping that we can do that will kind of recognize those staff members who were with us last year uh, or 2020, who were really those inaugural team members, uh, either with a, a couple of unique things on their uniforms or some other things that we can be able to do. Because we want to make sure that those inaugural team members are given a little bit more of a, of a recognition and respect for them. Uh, and that includes everybody across all the boards, uh, not just the, the folks who are just, you're all part of the, the SoFi family, Hollywood Park family. I love what you said. It, it, it's not, nothing is just for one. It's If, if you're going to do it for one, you're going to do it for all. Uh, yeah. I love that. Uh, random question. Well, we still got a lot to cover and we don't have that much time, but uh, <laughs> have you ever thought about getting an employee incentive and reward program of all places to do it. I feel like you guys could do it there because the property is so much bigger than just the stadium. Have you ever thought about bringing it in and getting it sponsored? Uh, so I, I think about, I think back to the days of like the subway sub of the match uh, that they used to have in the MLS, you know, something along that, along those lines for the employee. We're, we're talking about that with a team right now. And I'm like, I'm trying to search to see if there's some precedent for that, but have you given any thought of that? And if so, like, what are the hangups or how have you approached it? We definitely have talked about it uh, both internally and externally with a few folks about, you know, Hey, is there a possibility of doing something where we could sponsor or could be a part of it? I think our key right now is because as we're starting to get, we're trying to get the building online and get everything up and going. Uh, I want to make sure to give sponsorship there. They need to do their first job and do get the other things in place. Um, but we've talked about, we have talked about, is there a way to be able to, to put together some type of packages that we could do that can help to be, because you're a part of the Hollywood Park family, you were able to get discounts at these places and these places and do other things. So it becomes kind of more of a membership, becomes part of, a, of being part of that family. There are these perks to being part of the uh, of the, the Hollywood Park family. And that may include what's on campus. It may include things that we can engage in the community. And we We've discussed it a little bit because I think it helps to to build um, some investment in the community that it's not just dollars being put in Hollywood Park, but now they're being invested outside in the, Ingle, in the greater Inglewood area. Uh, so we've talked about it, uh, not 
I can't get, I, I want to get too much more detail to it, but <laughs> it might happen in the, in the future. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I like that though. I mean, when, when I used to work at Disney, we had this thing, you know, you had the, the Disney discount and mm-hmm. like most places in Orlando would, if you showed your cast member ID, you got a, you know, 10% or 15% discount on whatever it was. And like, right. nobody took advantage of it the way that it should have been. Right. Uh, you just always forgot to ask, but anyway. Uh, all right. couple, couple more things we want to hit on yeah. here. We, we talked a little bit about technology and we talked about you guys using Google Sheets and whatnot. Let's talk about some of the technology you guys are going to be using mm-hmm. here in season 1B right. uh, from the fan experience. What are some of the big investments that you guys have made or maybe even not even the big investments, but the really impactful investments that you guys have made on a technology side for the guest experience? One thing I can say about um, this building and the investment in the vision of Mr. Cronkey is that uh, it definitely is, this is a smart city. Uh, that's the, the smart city concept of that everything is connected, that there's ways to be able to utilize um, your phone as your, you know, with all things that go on with technology as far as mobile ticketing, uh, parking passes, uh, directionals, um, those are all being incorporated into your, uh, into the guest experience. Um, so when someone comes to our campus, they can be able to navigate their way through with our with our Hollywood Park uh, app. Uh, there'll be signage that can be utilized and you can be able to similar. I've seen in some malls where you've been able to I need to get to this location. You'll be able to go to that look to the, the matrix board or that board, get the information you need to look for, and then you can download onto your phone. And now your phone becomes now your GPS to take you to that specific location in the building. Um, there are there are other. Uh, uh, pieces of information that we're, we're working on uh, from a guest experience standpoint, as far as how you look at the entire game. I mean, you come to this building, it's going to be, a, it's not, never been done before. We, we've got this, we have our board, which is probably signature of the building, two-sided 360 board that is being utilized and you can be able to enjoy the experience of the game. Uh, I know we we had pre-games, uh, we would have almost a, uh, a, a kind of a Buffalo Wild Wings, as you should use the word, but you know, you saw an experience uh, where you're able to see 50 million games all at one time being played. So every oh, yeah. game is being shown. Uh, the Red Zone, that'd be, let's use Red Zone, that's better. <laughs> you can take the other one out. Uh, Red Zone experience where we were able to uh, see every game and you could be able to enjoy that experience. That's something that's unique that you're never going to see in our building. Uh, you're never going to see in other buildings. Um, we have so, uh, so many ribbon boards and so many other things that are in spaces there. We're working on some other things that are being put in place. I think it's going to be dictated based on what, what the restrictions look like, what our world will look like when we get ready to open for the, for the NFL season, whether those things will come into play or not, they're still kind of being discussed. So there's just, the idea is that we want to connect people throughout the campus that they can go from retail to to, to, to their living spaces, from the living spaces to the entertainment spaces, and they could be able to utilize simply their phone or the, the technology that they have with them to be able to get them to their various spaces. It, language for me it says everything and it guides so many of your actions. And I think sometimes in sports and entertainment, internally, we're too loose with that language that we yeah. use. But you said something where it's about connecting people And it's because you have a bigger campus, because Mm -hmm. it's not just the stadium where if it was just the stadium, the words you might be using is really entertain, right? Right. But because it's broader than that, 
you're using the word connect. And even the technology you just told me about is really about how to connect guests from one point of the experience to the other, not just how can we give them the best entertainment. That's part of it. But ultimately, it's even bigger than that. And I I love I love that you guys are really intentional about how you've done that. Um, it, it also feels like too, I mean, maybe talk to us about this mentality within the senior leadership team there that the customer is really at the center of these decision-making, mm-hmm. uh, it, whether it be on investment, whether it be on processes, yeah. you, ex- you explained the, the red zone concept. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams previously might have been scared to do that because we don't want anybody thinking about any other team except for us. Right. We just want them to come here and think about our team. But you guys have put ego aside, it feels like, and said, we want to focus on what the customer wants. And if we make them happy, they'll love us. Right? I, I, I mean, talk, yeah. to us talk to us about how you guys think about that. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it. And, and one thing I've learned you know, from um, my jump from Major League Baseball into, in a, into the National Football League is Major League Baseball, and I'll use this as probably the best way of describing it, Major League Baseball, you're focusing most of the time on a team. People are very loyal to their team. They're not loyal to the Major League Baseball brand, but they're loyal, loyal to their team. You're a Red Sox fan. You're a Padre fan. You're a Dodger fan, uh, and you're and you're very loyal to that team. Um, the NFL, in some ways, like that. But the thing about it I've learned about the NFL is that everybody is enjoys the game of football, and so it's amazing how even though you may be loyal to your team, I it's, I don't I don't know any other sport I've ever seen that you can see all jerseys represented in the same venue and half and only two teams are playing but all the other teams are represented and people come so because true. they're enjoying the product they enjoy the ability to be able to enjoy you know use the word connection being able to experience um football being able to enjoy the greatness that may be played on the field whoever the player is uh or which team it is um so i think a standpoint for that is that I believe that when it comes to how we how guests consume the, the experience, uh, it definitely is a driver. Um, we have to be listening. Uh, and, and in this day and age, as people consume information and find new ways to connect, we have to be at the forefront to be able to listen. Um, somebody asked me, what's the biggest change in your in your 30 plus years of, of being in, 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 in guest experience? What's the biggest change that you've experienced and what it, What's the biggest thing that makes you have to manage? And I, my response has always been social media. If there's anything that has changed the game, it's been social media. And that is about the customer. Because the customer, it takes one customer that can change the entire narrative of things. And so it's very important that when you look at social media and you look at things, you have to monitor it. You have to address it. You can't be complacent because if it takes one negative experience, and that changes the entire narrative of how you're building your organization, how you're, how you're, whoever you work with is perceived. And that, that's, that's a key thing we have to keep in mind. I love it. Um, well, let, let's talk a little bit about kind of how you've connected work, live and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all those different elements. We talked a little bit about journey mapping earlier, mm-hmm. starting when you go on the website. Mm-hmm. Because of the complexity of where you guys are working, where you have aspects of work, live, play, that journey map just got a lot more complex. Mm-hmm. How are you marrying all three of those places from a strategy and from a tactics perspective? How, how are you looking at that customer journey, knowing that there are really three distinct mindsets that your customer are going to be in? 
Um, some of it is, is listening. It's definitely a listening. It's some of it is just, you know, you have to look and see, okay, you know, how do where do those gray areas meet and what can we do in those gray areas to make it more clear or to help the guests to be able to guide them a little bit better to what they need. Um, it, it definitely is a risk in some cases because you, you, you're you not trying to dictate an outcome, but you definitely try to help to suggest, tell people what you think they want. Um, the, 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 the live, play and work concept is definitely unique for this a complex of this size because most of the time you build a stadium, you build it in the neighborhood, people are already there. You know, now we're generating, uh, not that Inglewood already did have its own name, but you're now generating a neighborhood that's right in the middle of it all. Uh, and you're putting inside of that, you got the retail, you got the you got the, the living spaces, you also have a park that's going to be a part of that. And then you have the, the entertainment side of things. I think the key is that working with local leadership, working with uh, with your guests and uh, with the residents and other people around to really hear what's needed in the space. Try to work to manage all that, to be able to meet people's expectations and then just kind of adjust based on, you know, what you hear and what things come up during the course of things. It's, I think it's, it's a tough one. To, it's a tough nut to, to crack because you never know what's going to come the next day. Nobody saw COVID coming down the line. So what we thought was going to be, you know, a year ago has now changed the narrative a little bit more. So you, you got to really be willing to be flexible as you move along and hopefully be able to, to try to guide that, that, that process as best you can. Yeah, no, no doubt. Flexibility is uh, maybe the most desired skill coming out of 2020 mm. uh, for certain. All right. Well, let's kind of wrap us here with some pieces of advice. I want to yeah. talk good advice and bad advice. Sure. So why don't, why don't we start with bad advice and then we can end on a high note with okay. advice that you have for people. In the world of customer experience, I think there's a lot of thought leaders or gurus, what have you. What bad advice do you hear in the world of customer experience? What are, and maybe maybe another way to think about this would be like, maybe it's not bad advice, but maybe it's, I, I kind of think of it as like fool's gold as like, yeah, that's a good thing to do, but like on the importance level of things, that's towards the bottom. Um, <laughs> okay. Do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, my, my, the old adage that always has been the customer is always right. Uh, that, that old, that old adage has been thrown out there for many years. Yes, we agree. The customer is not always right. I've learned that over the years. Sometimes the customer is very, very wrong, <laughs> but the concept is they're still the customer. Uh, and so I think that's the thing we have to look at sometimes is that, Sometimes our guests can 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 be wrong. They can they can definitely have wrong. They can have bad information. They can they're only as good as what they know. But our key is 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 is, is that we have to as as service professionals look beyond who's right or wrong and meet them at their need level. What do they need? Really be empathetic. Listen clearly to what they want. Sometimes people just want to be heard. They're just frustrated and they just need somebody to give them the right answer. Give them the right. Be honest with them. Sometimes they need something. It's just a matter of, you know, we have to be willing to understand that the customer's not always right, but they are the customer. We got to work with them. Yeah. We, we always say uh, the customer's not always right, but they always have the right to be wrong with dignity. Yes. And <laughs> there, there's, a, there's a nice way of, of doing it. Um, all right. Well, if you, uh, 
if you've got any advice for our senior leaders in sports and entertainment listening uh, as we, we kind of sign off here, what piece of advice would you give to anyone, especially for people that are working on customer experience transformations or working on opening a new venue? Uh, what advice would you give to these senior leaders? Don't be afraid to think outside the box. Don't don't get so caught into the cookie cutter approach where everybody else is doing it. What is everybody else doing? Don't be afraid to look beyond and see that there there is a group of individuals. There's a, an evolving uh, sector of the community or, or of a population that has a voice or wants a voice or needs to has need to need to be met. And sometimes we have to be willing to just look out, just be willing to listen a little bit closer. And be willing to take the risk to be able to meet that that need. Sometimes it may be outside of our comfort level, but I think if we continue to take those risks and we're able to kind of think outside the box, we can help to refine uh, the the process of providing a great experience. The other thing I would say is we're all in this together. Um, you know, there's no trade secrets to this. Um, let's be willing to share. Be willing to to help one another. Learn all you can. Listen to all you can. Because when you're able to do that, you're able to probably you know, get glean a little bit from here, glean a little bit from somebody else that helps you to be able to make things a little bit better. And the last thing I would say is build authentic relationships, you know, you know, with your, with your employees, with you, with you, with your guests, um, you know, be authentic, be you build authentic relationships that last far beyond just a transaction or interaction uh, because you never know, at least I've learned in this business, you know, the world is so small. It's amazing how many people, people you know. So you never know when you're going to be working for somebody or have to interact with somebody or, or have to uh, com- uh, communicate with someone. So, you know, continue to, to build relationships and, and, and uh, be authentic. I mean, that's such a good place to end, but I have one more question. I'm like, because based on what you said, uh-huh. where, where do you, uh, Cameron, where do you go to draw inspiration when you think about thinking outside of the box, when you think about uh, doing things a little bit different, trying new things? Where where do you go for inspiration? What are some of those things that inspire you? Um, you know, for me, you know, my inspiration sometimes is just is just walking. I like to I'll take a, a, a take a issue or a concern, and I will will sometimes just walk the building and just kind of play with. It's like having like a putty in your hand. You just kind of wrestle with it enough until you kind of come to something where you're like, okay, I think about this, and then that kind of works. I, I'm fortunate. I have a great group of people that I work with that um, I can talk to and bounce things off of. You know, some folks I've had some great bosses, you know, that have been in this business for a long time that I talk to and we talk about things. I have counterparts. I can pick up the phone that say, hey, I'm, th- I'm wrestling with this. What do you think about this? Um, I utilize those things. And then I just, you know, sometimes it's, I, let, I like to go to other people's venues. This is the one thing I, I'm, it's killing me right now <laughs> for the last year is I'm with you going to other people's venues and other places and just looking around and just taking pictures and just kind of saying, Hmm, that's something that might be able to work. Or, you know, there's something that I like about this. I'm not sure what it is just yet. And then you're, you're in a, you're in a conversation. Maybe you're doing some brainstorming journey mapping with one of the, uh, one of our, our, our counterparts or one, or one of my staff members. And they're like, you know what? I saw this at this building and I thought this was a great idea. Is there some way we might be able to incorporate and then we start to talk about different ideas and come, and we might, what started as something that, that looked like this, we try to find it that, and find a way to mesh it into how it works into our building. And those are things that I, I'm, I look for inspiration for. It's just kind of to see, you know, where, where can we find things at and, and hear, you know, from other buildings, you know, listening to other people, 
sometimes, you know, service um, publications. And I like to read a lot of articles just to kind of see where trends are coming up uh, from and not just from sporting, you know, from hospitality, automobiles, technology, do you have, do you have, everything. Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite publication? <laughs> you know, I, I, I definitely do, you know, Sports Business Journal a lot. Um, okay. definitely do that. Um, you know, I, I, a lot of it is just, you know, I, I like to just get on my, my, my iPad, go to my Apple news and I'm just reading different articles about service and, just, and other things just to, to get a feel for what's going on in different spaces. I like to read Forbes, uh, and get some of their things that are going in trends there. Just trying to find ways to be able to, to say, okay, if I read broadly, you're going to pick up something here, you're going to pick up something there that you'll be able to utilize. <laughs> Cameron, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what all the new things are that pop up uh, this next year at SoFi when we have fans in the building. Because uh, from the sounds of it, it's going to be an incredible experience when we can pack the house there. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing everything that you and your team have put on. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show. It's been awesome having you. Uh, where can people follow along your journey or reach out if they want to connect, uh, if they've got more questions or uh, want to find a way to work together? Sure. Uh, you can always reach out to me. Uh, the best way to connect me is uh, via email at kdurham, K-A-M-E-R-O-N dot Durham, D-U-R-H-A-M at Hollywood Park, C-A dot com. All right. Sounds good. Cameron, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Until Thank next you time. so much, Dave. Hey, guys, before you head out, just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate and leave a review. That helps more of your peers find the show as they search for ways to get better in their own roles. But this podcast is just a small part of what we do at Engagement. In our normal day in the office, we're crazy focused on helping athletic departments and sports and entertainment companies generate more revenue by becoming more customer-centric. To see how we might be able to help your organization, visit engagementpartners.com to learn more. Download a free guide, check out our blogs and case studies, or schedule a call with us if you want to see how we can help with your particular objectives. Our goal is to help you create deeper connections with fans and generate more revenue. So when you're with us, hopefully you find a nugget or two that helps your cause.